This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Good morning. This is Sport Today, your weekday sports news podcast that puts you ahead of the game. I'm Sam Ferris. And I'm Lucy Watkin. It's Friday, the 22nd of October. In your Sport Today, the AFL mandates vaccines. Wayne Bennett is officially a dolphin. The Matildas are back on home soil and arriving to college in style. This is your Sport Today. We start today by welcoming Lucy Watkin to the Sport Today team. Lucy, it's great to have you on board. How are you feeling ahead of your debut? Feeling very excited, very excited to be part of the team. But as they say, just want to take it one podcast at a time. You've got the cliches working already, Lucy. Love it. Uh, We're going to start in your hometown of Melbourne, and that's because yesterday afternoon, the AFL became the first major sporting league in Australia to set a COVID-19 vaccine mandate, and it's a pretty simple one. No jab, no play. Yeah, it's a bit like the no hat, no play rule back at school. The vaccination policy applies to all players and footy staff. And basically everyone who wants to be involved has to be fully vaxxed before the season starts or have a medical exemption. All AFLW players and staff must be double jabbed by December 17 ahead of the comp starting on January 6. As for AFL players and staff, they have to be fully vaxxed by February 18 with the season starting in March. The reason why the AFL introduced these mandates, Sam, is because they believe vaccination is the best way to keep players and staff safe and avoid all the interruptions that both competitions have dealt with in the past two years. Yeah, there's been plenty of those halos. Uh, the players' union's view is that getting vaccinated is an individual choice, but they did ultimately agree with the AFL. As for the unvaccinated players, they won't be able to train with their team or even enter club grounds and lose, they could lose their contract. Yep, they could, but not for a little bit. A club can cancel a player's contract if they have grounds to do so, but that can't happen until May next year. A club and an unvaccinated player can mutually part ways. The club can keep the player on their list or put the player on the inactive list and replace them. Those players would still get paid some of their contract, but how much depends on which list they're on and if they're a men's or women's player. The league expects only a small handful of players will be stood down because of the vaccination policy, but St Kilda's AFLW team says they can't confirm the vaccination status of their players because of medical confidentiality. While the AFL have brought in the mandate, the NRL are still leaving it up to the players to get jabbed, but they did warn there'll be pretty tight protocols for those who don't. We popped a link to the full details of the AFL's vaccine policy in the episode notes. Let's move from one footy code to another. Rugby league fans who have been following the NRL's newest club, the Dolphins, they'll know that Wayne Bennett was strongly rumoured to be the club's inaugural coach. Well, those rumours became reality yesterday. Yep, and it hasn't taken Bennett long to settle in, Sam. He's joked he's already bought a few houses and he's just got to figure out (laughs) which one to move into. As you said, Sam, Bennett was the favourite to be the Dolphins coach and he signed a four-year deal with the Dolphins. Now, even though the Dolphins don't enter the NRL, until 2023, Bennett's going to be busy recruiting players and setting up his support team. He said anyone who's played rugby league is an option for the Dolphins, but one of the big reasons why Bennett was signed is because he can attract the best players in the competition. 
Yeah, and he's won seven premierships as well, Lewis, so he's got a pretty good CV. Uh, November 1 is when the Dolphins can start recruiting players, so watch out for that. Bennett wasn't the only coach hired yesterday. Former halfback Jamie Soud, who actually won a premiership under Wayne Bennett, he'll coach the Dragons NRLW side from next year. Let's change gears now and talk about some Formula One. Uh, Last night, we read reports that Sydney is considering bidding for the Australian Grand Prix when the contract with Victoria ends in 2025. Can I just say, as a proud Victorian, Sam, you Sydney-siders keep your hands off our Grand Prix. (laughs) A report from Channel 7 last night said New South Wales is looking at major events as a way to put money back into the economy after two years of on and off lockdowns, and events don't get much major than an F1 race. The Australian Grand Prix has been held in Melbourne since 1996, except the last two years it's been cancelled due to COVID. Aussie Grand Prix boss Andrew Westacott said he intends for the race to be held in Melbourne beyond 2025, but he says you can't get complacent when it comes to major events. Hang on a sec, Luce. As long as it's still run somewhere in Australia, that's fine by me, okay? We're all still friends here. The Australian Grand Prix is heading back to Melbourne next year. It's being run on April 10. It feels like an age since we last got to watch Australia's women's football team, the Matildas, play on home soil. But, Luce, it's happening tomorrow night when they take on Brazil in Western Sydney. 591 days to be exact, Sam. So not technically an age, but... It has been a long time. No guesses needed why it's been such a long break between games with COVID-19 and border closures, making it pretty hard for the Matildas to play at home, especially considering a majority of the players play their club football overseas. But since their last game in Australia, they've played all over the world and finished fourth at the Tokyo Olympics. They'll play at Combank Stadium in Parramatta and up to 22,500 fans can go watch after capacity restrictions were eased to seven. 75%. It's not going to be an easy homecoming for the Aussies though. Brazil are ranked number seven in the world. Yeah, loose, but they did beat them 3-2 last time they played each other at the 2019 World Cup. So that's got to count for something. Uh, you can watch the match on Channel 10 and 10 play from 7.30pm Eastern Daylight Time tomorrow night. The two teams then play again on Tuesday. Today's trivia question brought to you by Sportsmate. Who leads the overall head-to-head between Australia and Brazil? No cryptic clues from Martin Gabor today, so find out the answer at the end of the show. Let's stay with soccer, but go global. FIFA president Gianni Infantino's idea of having a World Cup every two years hasn't gone down that well in Europe this week. Not at all. Infantino met with the leaders of all 55 of the European Football Federations for about an hour, and the feedback on the More World Cups idea was reportedly not good, Sam. Some European nations have threatened to quit FIFA. That means they wouldn't compete in World Cups, and even the International Olympic Committee said it was just a move to make more money. Infantino said he fears losing young talent to other sports and that extra international football would motivate them to keep playing, but federations in South America America and now Europe argue that by disrupting national club competitions, it will cause more harm than good. The 211 FIFA members were set to vote on the idea in December, Sam, but that's been scrapped after this week's meeting. Yep, there'll be no vote. Instead, it'll be known as a global summit and that one's on December 20. Earlier this year, college athletes in the US were given the ability to make money on their name, image and likeness. It hasn't taken long for some players to cash in. Like Kentucky's Ty Ty Washington, he'll now be driving to class in a Porsche. 
And I don't even have a license, Sam. So <laughs> Washington wins this round. Washington is one of college basketball's top prospects and is expected to go high in the next NBA draft. So he's done a deal with a local Porsche dealership and gets to ride in a new car worth $100,000. Professional athletes driving sponsor cars isn't something new, but it is for college athletes. For decades, it was against national college rules for student athletes to make money off their brand, like selling merchandise or autographs. But that changed just this year and now it's open slather and the players are making the most of it. I'll tell you what, Luce, you wouldn't have seen me driving a Porsche around at uni for a few reasons. One, the costs. And secondly, I didn't have my license back then either. So (laughs) no Porsche for me. All right, time for Catch This, the stuff that caught our eye on what's coming up. And Lucy, what do you got? Well, it's a super Saturday tomorrow, Sam. We have the Wallabies taking on Japan at 3.45 in the afternoon into the Matildas taking on Brazil at 7.50. And then after that, the Aussie men's cricketers will take on South Africa at 9pm in the T20 World Cup. All those times Australian Eastern Daylight Time, and that means I'm on the couch for all of Saturday. Luce, uh, as for today's trivia question brought to you by Sportsmate, What is the overall head-to-head between Australia and Brazil in women's football? They've played 19 times with Australia on top, 10 to 8, with just the one draw. Just one draw, which is quite amazing considering how competitive these two teams are. Yeah, and there's always the draw. That is kind of remarkable. Uh, All right, that's it for us today. Lucy, how do you reckon your debut went? I mean, probably not up there with Paddy Mills in his Nets debut the other day, but... I think I went all right. I think you did too. Uh, you're going to be coming back next week. Uh, so will Martin Gabor. So fans of Martin, don't worry. I'm talking to you, Mrs. Gabor. Uh, and just a quick shout out to Danny Kavanagh. We've got to thank her for all her efforts earlier on sport today. Um, all right, that's it for us today. Enjoy your super weekend of sport and we'll catch you again on Monday. Listener.